Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. Hello, how are you? Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I hope you're safe and you're well. Today, okay, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I always, I'm always excited whenever I have a guest, but I truly am because it's my podcast, right? And I'm only asking people to be on the show who I'm excited about talking to because otherwise, what would be the point? No one's paying me to do this. <laughs> I'm doing this for as part of my creative expression. And that is what this episode is about. This episode, my guest today is my friend. Her name is Nadia Payan, and she is an incredible artist and teacher and human being. And I was really excited to talk to her about creativity and the work that she does. She's an artist. She's a mentor and a guide who supports conscious creatives go inward and share their work with the world. She's found her calling teaching others how to embody their true creative expression and soul's purpose. That was her bio. (laughs) And I know that creativity is something because I know Nadia and I've known her pretty well um, for some years now. I know that creativity is something that's really such a huge part of who she is and her gift in this world is to really express her own creativity, but also to really help other people to express theirs and as a way of really living a fuller life, like really accessing your soul's purpose. And this conversation that we had that you're about to hear was so juicy and thought provoking. And it left me in the state of like wonder and awe and just feeling really inspired. So I'm just really excited to share this with you. And particularly if you are a person who hears the word creativity and thinks, oh, I'm not creative or that's not a conversation for me, please trust me on this. This is a conversation for you. I promise you by the end of this. Actually, here's a challenge. If you are someone who right now, as you listen to this, you don't consider yourself to be a creative person, then listen to this episode. And once it's over, please like DM me or email me. You can reach me at Dear Franny. DM me on Instagram at Dear Franny. And let me know, do you still, did this episode change how you view your own creativity? That's my question for you, my challenge for you. Does this episode change the way you view your own creativity? Whether or not you're someone who considers yourself to be a creative person, or even, I mean, if you don't consider yourself to be a creative person, but also even if you do consider yourself to be a creative person, I would really love to hear how this shifts any view that you have of your own creativity. So that's my challenge and invitation for you. Let me know, let me know. Okay, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with my friend, Nadia Payan. Nadia, thank you so much for talking to me today. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. I love you, Franny. Oh, I love you too, honey. Okay, how long have we known each other now? Oh my gosh, uh... Oh, six years? Yeah, I had just started my business, which was at the end of 2014. So I think we met in 2015. Okay. It's been, yeah, five years. Yeah, five years. Wow, wow. I know, time flies. It really does. It really does. And oh my gosh, I'm so happy that I met you for so many reasons. Mm, Feelings mutual. (laughs) Not least of which (laughs) that you, of course, designed my Infinity Heart logo. Oh my gosh. I forget that sometimes. How can you forget wow. this? I'm, it is I'm, so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so for <laughs> anyone who's listening to this, I mean, you have to check. Go to my website, francescahoki.com, and you will see my logo. I have it tattooed on my wrist. I trademarked it. I have it on merch. Like, I am so obsessed with this image. I cannot get enough of it. And you were just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's so wild, too, because it's such like a it's so pertinent to the times right now. And I know that one of the things that I've been embracing in my own like my own creative way of living more and more is, you know, being in a state and being open to being in a state of constant transformation. And so like who I am in this moment, I will be a different person in an hour and I'll be a different person in two hours next week, a week from, you know, so I love like, I love this idea of like going back, jumping forward and just kind of, it's so cool. So being able to, I had forgotten about our project together (laughs) and also like, it makes so much sense. What I do remember is the feeling when you posted that tattoo and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the utmost I don't know, highest feedback I could get from any type of design endeavor. <laughs> I was yeah. like, wow, this means it resonated in a really deep way. And so, yes, also to say what that symbol represents 
it is your life philosophy is so, so relevant to this moment in time with 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. Thank you so much. The pleasure is mine. Definitely resonated. <laughs> and in this crazy time of coronavirus and social revolution, time is taken on an even more abstract quality for me than typical. You know, I think like everyone, as we get older, we're like, oh, time goes by so quickly. But this has been weird because it isn't just time going by quickly. It's time going by really slowly and then speeding up to like warp speed and then feeling normal again and then getting a little... It's just like, it's kind of what you were saying. It's like time just kind of shifting in Mm -hmm. front of our eyes, which is really... I think it's weird to have that experience consciously and not kind of look back and go, oh, wow, time was really, really flew by during that time of my life. We're like, no, we're in it. We're in something crazy right now. There's something really beautiful, and I wish I could remember the source, but I saw it, you know, on the socials. And it was someone expressing that this is a moment for creatives. I think they actually use the word artists, but for me, I'm here to serve creative energy. So please define what that means to you. I I don't even know. That's why I made it so broad. No, I'm serious. So let's loop back and then we'll loop back in. One of the things that they said is that essentially the role of the artist right now is to just be observing, be tracking, be taking it in and be documenting because, and to be creating from a place of truth, your truth, right? And I just thought that was so important. Like that is timeless advice, but especially right now that we're going through so much on a collective scale, like on a humanity scale. I I just felt like that resonated with me in a really deep place. Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah, so I mean, I guess so you you don't you you made a distinction between artists and creatives and how I mean, I know it's 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 not an easy line in the sand to draw, but how do you think of those two kind of categories or labels differently? I don't. I just do it for the people. Uh, One of the things that I've learned over the years working in creative professions of different types, well, in the same type, but like in different capacities, so corporate and also on my own. What I've noticed is that there's a lot of resistance to the term artist. It's like we were grown in a way where we were told so many times over and over again, like, you're not an artist, you're not creative. And people seem to have this understanding of artist and artistry to only be in the category and like this very confined cube of only meaning like I can draw, I can illustrate, I can paint, I can dance, I can write, right? Like these are the only ways to be an artist. Yes. And yet artistry and creativity is just, to me, it's a, it's a life philosophy. It's a way of moving with, I'm going to get real abstract right now, but it's a way of moving into living an abstract life, living in a life of energy, of a layered life, a life with depth. Right. And so for me, like literally anyone can be creative. Anyone could be an artist. It's just a matter of being able to decide that for oneself and embrace taking on that identity, which let's be real again, identities are fluid too. So, you know, it's just, I use the term creative because I have found through experimentation (laughs) that people are more receptive to calling themselves a creative first. And then it seems to be taking overall, right? Like not, this is not everyone. Maybe someone's listening to this right now. is like, I'm an artist. I've been thinking that since I was three. (laughs) Good for them. (laughs) Yeah, get it. I say, keep going. Like invite more people into your club. We need it. We need you. But what I've noticed is people have, we've had so much baggage around calling ourselves an artist and then there seems to be slightly less baggage around calling ourselves a creative. So I reach for the word creative, like we are all creative. Seeing people seem, all right, yeah, I've had those creative moments. And so they can relate and then they can get on the bat. But honestly, for me, there's no difference. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> you know, I just so wish that there were people like you who, at least that I had access to when I was growing up, because I 100% actively did not think of myself as a creative person for most of my life. Wow. And... 
and and it's not even like oh I never thought of myself as creative I actively thought I'm not creative it's not even like it wasn't neutral Ugh. it was negative <laughs> and I had a brother an older brother Mark who passed away but he was two years older than me and he was an artist he had his own comic strips and he was a cartooner and he just like you know he drew he wrote he liked music he was and so it was like oh he's the artist in the family and I was like well he has talent he's an artist he's a creative one and then like where does that leave me like I can't draw so anyway and I definitely know that for me it limited me so much thinking of myself as someone who wasn't creative it limited me so much in my life because every time I was leaning towards something creative that I wanted to do that I was drawn to I always held myself back I can't do that so I'll do this other thing that's maybe adjacent but I won't then be saying to the world oh I'm creative because I'm not that's how I thought of myself for a really long time and isn't it funny that one of the things I picked up thank you for sharing that I think a lot of people can resonate and have their own version of that story. This is the wildest thing to me. It's so wild to me. Why could there be only one? Who made that rule? I know. (laughs) One creative per family. So this is a comic. (laughs) Like, not you. It can't be you. There might be, he was two years older, right? Mm -hmm. There might be some, so that anyone listening to this knows, I also, I feel like I've got to do like a little pause, like, you know, like a movie moment where we go and do a flashback, like flashback moment. Please. (laughs) Baby Nadia. FYI. No, actually, like, it's more like a a side story happening right now. So yes, I, I support conscious creatives in owning that title for one. You'd be surprised how many creative people, because we're all creative, aren't even owning their own power, their own creative power. And we'll talk about that too. (laughs) But also just part of the reason why I say I'm here to serve creative energy and I'm here to serve the energy of creation is because I'm not quite tied to what that looks like. So I have my own business, yes. And I also am currently getting certified as a Montessori teacher for ages three to six. And so I often joke around that like right now, at this moment in time, my clients are from ages three to 61. <laughs> Amazing. And I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. It's the best. And so, you know, if you ever are looking for where creative energy can live, go talk to a child under the age of six, please. Just oh my God. seek one Seriously. out. They are pure creative force and I'm happy to you know hold space for them as they learn how to read as they learn like the practical things skills that they need to survive in this world but then I get to relish in their creative endeavors like everything is a pure act of pure creation so looping back the pause has stopped To you and your brother, there was probably some sibling dynamics there too. Yeah, definitely. If you were the younger one. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not like anyone ever said, you don't get to be creative. I mean, I think actually, if I were to have this conversation with my mom right now, she'd be like, you're always so creative. What are you talking about? But it's just the way that we think about ourselves. But there's something else that you said that I think a lot about, and it's really looking at children. You know, I don't have children, but I have a lot of children in my life, and or I have a lot of my babies, my godchildren who are all growing up. My godson just graduated from medical school. What? But yeah, I can't even talk about it. I'm my baby. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Sam, if That's you're amazing. listening, I, I could just cry even just thinking about it. But Get it, Sam. <laughs> I'm so proud. But I think about, and, and I I love that. And I I really want to hear you talk more about purpose and how you really help your clients connect to that. But I think a lot about purpose too, as you know, Mm -hmm. and I think about like these heart centered needs that we all have. And I look to children as like, that's, you look at children and then you see, you kind of understand everything you need to understand about being human, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all need love. We need connection. We need community. We need intimacy, joy, purpose, abundance, creativity, accomplishment, morale. I think that's a need that we have. Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. Huge, huge. Um, you know, health. Like all, you can look at kids and like you can see like, oh yeah, this is, we're born with this. We're born with these needs. But then so many of us live lives where we're not at all fulfilling, you know, these really deep rooted needs, which I think is why so many people feel disconnected from purpose and understanding what their role is in this world because they're disconnected. So please, I want to hear you talk about that how you view purpose and how you help your clients. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was so delicious. Thank you so much for all of that. And especially your own reflections too. I I do. One of the things that that I have learned from being around children in a Montessori environment, 
and I'm, I'm similar to you in the sense that I do not have children of my own. And yet they're such a core part of my life. And one of the things I love to remind my clients is the adult ones, not the children ones. They don't need to be reminded of this, but the adult ones do need to remember that we have been children before. We have direct access to our own, I think the term that like maybe they might use in psychotherapy and stuff is inner child. Mm -hmm. But I actually believe like, you know, there really is like a, a mini Nadia or a young Nadia, different ages, right? Living in me at any given present moment. A lot, I'll be honest, like a lot of my life. And I invite anyone listening to this recording, like to go ahead and explore this. Like, were there any agreements that you made with yourself when you were young? And what do you think about them now? Hmm. You know, do they still hold true? Sometimes you might find a really pure agreement or contract that you've made with yourself that you actually like have broken. And I can give an example in my own life. So Maria Montessori, (laughs) 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 welcome to my brain. So Maria Montessori, who is the human that developed the Montessori method, and it was definitely like her gift to mankind. It's a really beautiful process that really centers the child's ability to learn on their own. Like it's a very, anyway, I could talk about it all day. <laughs> but one of the things that she said that I found really fascinating is that there's two periods in time where someone's sort of, she called them their psychic powers or psychic abilities are at its most high, right? So one is that age range of like between zero to six years old, where like literally your whole body is being formed. So many important things are happening in that time frame. Yeah. You are defining your independence. You're asserting who you are as a human being. You're understanding that you're, you know, a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and making a lot of children. No one teaches a child how to speak. They just learn on their own to do it. It's incredible. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then the second time is in your teenage years where you have a sort of understanding of your spiritual self. And that's like ages, I would say, actually, she puts it as 18 to 24. So maybe a little bit before. But in my own life, to circle back, I did notice that it was around age 15 or 16 that I made some really big agreements with myself about how I wanted to live my life. Oh, tell, tell, do tell. (laughs) And then I promptly forgot them, Mm. right? And so I lived a different life until recently. I have many examples. Here's one that I love. So one of the things that we had to do in like the high school, I'm out of Miami, Florida. This is my hometown. So we read a lot of like Latin American literature in my English class, which is kind of funny when I think about it. Anyway, there's a genre of literature called magical realism, and it is very linked to the culture of the Americas, right? Yes. And so what it is, is seeing the beauty and magic in the mundane, making the ordinary extraordinary. So... FYI, for the readers out there, House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende changed my life, and 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and I've really got to memorize the name of the author who wrote, like, Water for Chocolate, because that was the other book that oh, yeah. I just read those three in, like, a, and I'm a voracious reader, like, in no time, and I remember having a feeling like, this is the life I want to live. I want to live in magical realism. Wow. <laughs> and then, you know, you go to, uh, for me, in my case, I went to university. I moved to New York City. I was like working in advertising in like digital strategy stuff, paid search. And I like forgot that. And as I clocked in more years of life and of lived experience, at some point, you know, I think everyone reaches that point where they're like, what is my life really about? Like, where am I really going with all this? I've got this one. This is the only iteration of this one life that I've got. And so what am I up to? And some people, you know, more power to them when they're 15. For me, it was in my late 20s. (laughs) And that's when I left corporate because I was like, if I stay in advertising, making commercials in this traditional way, I'm not living into the magical realism that I so desire in my life. Mm. And so having my own business allowed me to get more creative, allowed me to say, you know what, let's do something different. Let's start from a soul purpose. Let's start from a heart-centered space. Let's start from acknowledging our own humanity and our own humanness. And what happens there? Like, what happens from there? What are we going to create? In your case, you know, a beautiful philosophy that you already embodied, but it turned into, you know, the, the marketing tools, like the, the, the tools can come later. Yeah. That's the interesting part is asking yourself like, so as I lived... I've realized, yeah, I just, there are certain agreements that I've made with myself and there are other ones, 
I'm happy to share them with someone on another time. (laughs) But that's a really huge one that I was like, oh, wait, I would like my life to be like this. And I had in my teenage years a sense of like, yes, this is it. And then like life, society, societal rules, ways of surviving in our societies. It's amazing how we get the message we need to conform. Absolutely. And that's why I was going to actually say when you were sharing that, you know, your mom never told you that you weren't creative go mama power. That's great of her because not all moms are like that. I have the best Um, mom. Me too. No lie. And so she's not the only one who has influenced your life. So there's a lot of reinforcement of that way of thinking and that way of being already even just this approach that art is a class that you take Mm, Yes. in school and has been defunded. It's It's just not based in truth. What would happen if a child understood that creativity was a tool to use in every single subject matter? Yeah. What would happen then? The world would look very different. Well, I've actually shared like creativity to me is absolutely revolutionary. It is. Because if people understood that they could change, that they could come up with something new, something different, something true to who they are, and then find the tactical solutions to be able to make it work. Because I actually do think that some, I'm going to use the word conforming. It is not my favorite word right now, (laughs) but like some aspect of conforming. And by conforming, I mean understanding that we're not in this alone, right? Understanding that there are ways in which we have chosen to interact with one another, having businesses or... I mean, we're so interconnected. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so like honoring that being a part of a community, Mm -hmm. honoring that aspect, and also like honoring your own creative power and understanding that you can come up with, you can literally come up with anything and make it work. That changes a lot. Like that is, that's very, very powerful to understand and not just to like intellectually understand it, but to really feel it in your bones. It's so powerful. The world would, would be different. I mean, it's like a dream thinking about that. I, first of all, I love that you were like magic realism. That's my jam. That's what I'm going <laughs> to, whatever I'm going to be in this world, it's just going to be this, you know, fantastical reality. And I, I love that. And I can relate to that too, because I certainly didn't state it in that way, but I was never a kid who really knew what I was quote unquote wanted to be when I grew up and that was something that really like obsessed me throughout my childhood like what am I going to do with my life it was very clear to me by the time I was a teenager that I knew what I didn't want you know (laughs) and I didn't know how to articulate it at that time other than to say that I didn't want an ordinary life and what I mean by that is You know, my parents, I totally hit the parent jackpot, but, you know, they had a life of a lot of obligation and they didn't have a life where they were free to follow their hearts. You know, they had a life where they had lives where they had to work and they had to support their family. And you didn't like it. Like, that's too bad. Like, that's life, you know. And I think I saw so many people around me just living in that way of, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, of course there was joy. There was, you know, there were good things too, but more, I think professionally is what I'm talking about. And I just, you know, I didn't see anybody who liked what they did for work. Mm. I took the subway every day in New York City and I saw miserable people commuting to their jobs that they hated. And I was like, nope, don't want that. Don't want that. All I know is that I don't want that. My life is not going to be ordinary. I don't want it to look like that. But then just like you, you know, time happened and I conformed for many years. Then I like finally was like, okay, my, my soul... I literally used to be at work when I was still a lawyer and I'd be in the office and I would feel like this job is crushing my soul. Like I literally, Mm. that's what I would think in my head. And I still stayed there for years because I didn't know what else to do. So I just think if we could really redefine creativity, as you said, is something that you can apply to every area of your life. That would just be transformative for people. Absolutely. And making space for imagination too. Imagination is one of these things that, again, it's an underutilized tool and yet we need it every aspect of our life like just taking a moment if you're able to and imagine something else like using your mind's eye to imagine what you might change in that moment like if you could change anything right now in this moment Mm. what might it be children are great at that they're just like well let me tell you about this fantastical thing that i just came up with yeah because they have no limit to their imagination they're in a state that we all have access to remember because just a reminder because we all have children living inside of us we've all been children yeah every single one of us you don't reach adulthood without first having been a child it's a beautiful rite of passage that we get as human beings and children are so skilled at imagination and imaginary thinking because literally, I mean, you should see when I tell a child that zero exists. They've learned one through 10. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And then suddenly I'm like, and look, there's a Montessori lesson. For the Montessorians out there, the spindle game is what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's a way of quantifying for them to understand the concept of the numbers one through ten. And it's also in that game where we introduce the concept of zero. And, I mean, for us, that's ordinary information. For them, it's extraordinary. Mm. When you start understanding that context that a child just lives in a magical world, they're like, what? All these symbols, a, b, k, d, if I combine k, a, and t, I make cats. I have a cat at home. Did you know? Like, it's wild for them. Like, it's really. And so if we just applied a little bit of that innocence to our own imagination and started imagining in a moment, just taking, and it doesn't, here's real time bending, right? It doesn't take a long time to imagine. You can just spend 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Imagining what you would change in that very moment. Like, oh, I'm in my cubicle right now. I'm going to imagine what it would be like if I were in a different environment, same job, different environment, just Mm. even imagining something as simple as that. Oh, I did this job on the, this exact job, but it's on a laptop in the mountains overlooking a jungle. And I'm hearing birds chirp. Yeah. What'd that change for you? Oh, Was there any yeah. change? That's information for us to understand. All right. What is our purpose? What are we actually trying to create in our lives? Right. Mm, I love that. You know what? I really, really love. And I, I hope that I'm definitely going to take that away from Thank you for sharing that because I'm like, ooh, I'm going to start doing that. What would I change in this moment if I could change anything? I love that is the intentionality of it because the thing is we're always using our imaginations constantly. Yes. But we're using them in ways that are typically like habituated ways that are not necessarily productive. Worry, for instance. I was going to say, you know, it's a survival instinct that we have and it's necessary. But and also (laughs) it's such a powerful tool. We can use it for other stuff. too. Yeah, it's no, it's amazing. I, I always like warn my clients against negative fantasizing, you know, when you're like, oh, you know, this thing happened in my relationship or this person didn't you know, call me or text me back. So that must mean this, that, duh, duh. And I'm like, all of these things, this is, you're using all of your creative energy right now for a negative fantasy because you have, you do not know. You don't don't know. know. That's juicy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you don't know. P.S. I have been a client of friends. (laughs) And a lot of, you know, a lot of the exercises I mean, they were so impactful for me to understand even my own, what I desired in any relationship, truly. We were talking in the context of a romantic relationship when we worked together. But after our sessions, like, I realized that there's so much of that that translates to every single type of relating that I have in my life. Yes. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And there are nuances. There are nuances for the romantic side. Mm Mm-hmm. And it doesn't negate, like, that's a thing. That is also going back to creative energy. Creative energy is one that is additive. It's not subtractive. I mean, in moments you might want to say, okay, I'd like to focus in this direction. And that can be creative energy too. There's like a skill side, a very sort of focus-driven, action-oriented side to creativity that might be like, I'm going to learn an instrument. Time to practice my scales, Mm -hmm. right? For reference, I I play an instrument, so I'm very well acquainted with that process. Or I do want to learn how to paint or whatever. Time to understand how oil paints work (laughs) or or color theory or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. But then there's also, there's a flow aspect to creative energy. And I think that that's where a lot of people think that they need to only be in that aspect, but it's really the interplay of both. And so creativity adds, like it just adds. It's not really about this binary living of like right and wrong black and white it's just like hey there's a world of possibility and it's happy to meet you wherever you're at you know yeah absolutely oh my god i love that yeah that sense of wonder that's what we we just Mm. we need to bring more wonder into our lives as adults and it i mean i think one of the reasons i'm focusing a lot on joy these days and um and just thinking about joy and even just what it means to be joyful and how joy differs from happiness and all of that and it's been really interesting because I, I'm starting to really pay attention to what what are the things in life that make me feel joyful and why? Because I'm like trying to, I'm all, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm like obsessed with the why. I'm like, why, why? <laughs> I want to understand this. And one of the very top of my list is being in nature. And it's because when I'm in nature, I access a sense of wonder, like 
instantly instant access look at that tree like how is that tree even possible like it's such a miracle <laughs> you know like look at that you know like look at that mountain like look at that desert look at that ocean can you believe like the beauty or the vastness or the sky and that sense of wonder for me is like directly connected to joy in any part of my life where I can really go into that mode I'm really joyful which I think is why I also just like personal development and aha moments and learning more about myself and other people because it's like, ooh, wonder. Like, that's crazy. Wow, tell me more. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, what brings you joy? Oof. Oh, my goodness. I can definitely resonate with nature right now. I think we're both plant mamas. Yes. So I've been growing way too much basil and mint (laughs) on my little balcony. I'm actually looking at some trees right now. One thing that I wanted to add around that. Oh, I'll also say other humans. Like, I really enjoy and it brings me joy to interact with other humans who are wanting to be themselves, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. wanting to be the fullest creative expression of who they are and are reaching for it. Ah, I'm such a big fan. Like humanity brings me joy. Oh, that's beautiful. It truly does. I, I love humanity. We're very complex creatures. Yes. And it's, we're fascinating. Yeah. But even just to, I wanted to add on to your nature chat about looking at a tree and being in a state of wonder with it or at the ocean, even inviting in your imagination there and imagining what that tree has seen, Mm. what that tree has experienced. Mm -hmm. And just then you start understanding more so the energetics of creativity, you know, of that interconnectedness of that. And that's when you can like, for me in any case, let me not speak for everybody, but for me in any case, I start feeling like, wow, (laughs) I'm just in awe of, oh, okay. And what does it mean that I can imagine? What does that even mean? Like, welcome to philosophy, right? Like, what does it even mean that I can imagine what the ocean has seen? What does it mean that I can imagine that there's whales in there that are having families and growing old together? Like, what does that even mean? It's so crazy. I think that I love this and I definitely going to bring this more into nature because I'm very good. I I love, you know, I love to travel as do you. Yes. And I've been fortunate to travel lots of places and I love going to old places. Like, I really love going to ancient places like... The places I've been in the Middle East. Mexican ruins. Ruin, yeah, like uh, the Great Wall of China, like the Taj Mahal. Like, I love these places uh, that are old. I love, I love, Rome is one of my favorite places because I love that you can just be walking down the street and you turn the corner and there's a ruin that's like 3,000 years old. I just, it blows my mind. <laughs> and those moments, I, when I'm confronted with like the age of something physical, like, you know, like a building or something like that, I really, it really captures my imagination. And I, it takes me to that place of like, oh, what, like, all of the things that have happened here, like all of the souls that have passed through this space. But I want to bring more of that into nature. So thank you for like taking that to a deeper level. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) When two Scorpios get on the how deep can we go? Well, uh, let me take it. Let me, let me go there. So um, one of the things I'll say is we've all had, here's the other thing. I like to use the term energy when I talk about creativity because Regardless of our worldview and our life philosophy, I do feel that energy is something that can be felt, right? It's like a universal truth. So you walk into a space and things are awkward. Like we feel that. We're like, what just Mm -hmm. happened here? Are you two fighting? Let me leave. (laughs) We've all had that experience. And same thing with when you like see a friend and like you're just excited to like, I definitely am feeling the energy between you and I that like we're having this conversation. We have a lot of deep care for one another. And like, it feels, it feels delicious, right? It feels good. And that is like all of that. When we invite that more into our lives, just like acknowledging that that's even there or even looking for it, like being aware that that exists and being like, oh, I don't feel the energy of anything right now. Like, let me think about that. Like, you know, where is it? And then inviting it in, it doesn't have to just be, it can literally be anywhere in a really familiar place too. Like in your home, imagine if you were just like, what is the energy in my kitchen right now? Mm. Is it one of like focused work because I'm working on this new recipe and you know, like that's juicy energy for me too. And like when you're just like in the zone and you're like, yeah, Yeah. I'm like, chopping carrots you know I love being in the zone the zone is my favorite place <laughs> I love it 
then there's also like, or, you know, like, what is the energy here? Is it free flowing? Is it nurturing? Is it, there's so many. And I think just like building a, a practice of awareness invites more creativity into our life. Mm. And then creativity, I will also, I really wanted to say this. When you ask me about joy, me, I love joy. I love all these high vibration, high frequency emotions. And also like a true Scorpio that I am. (laughs) I love the dark stuff too. I'm not going to lie. And I actually, sometimes I think about how people assign, I don't know too much about this, but like I've seen frequencies of vibration assigned to different types of emotions. And so usually the graph that I've seen is like lower vibration is like fear and all Mm -hmm. this stuff, like the sticky stuff, that like icky stuff where you're like, Mm -hmm. it feels like sludge. And then there's high vibration stuff where you feel like free and floaty and like like love and gratitude, like water and yeah, Mm -hmm. love, gratitude, Mm -hmm. joy, peace, right? Beautiful, beautiful feelings. And one of the things that I've been wondering about, I don't have an answer yet. So this is a work in progress, everybody, (laughs) (laughs) is I've always felt like, or not always, but I've recently felt like that graph that goes up and down doesn't make so much sense to me because a lot of times my fear leads to my joy. Yes. You know, examining and being willing to be in that shadow, that creative space of just like feeling that gross stuff, the rotten stuff, the stuff that like we give to the earthworms to compost because we cannot digest it ourselves. Mm. Like that also leads like the creative expression is a tool creative energy is a tool to be able to access those things too and work with it like working with clay you know like it's a raw thing and then you just you keep working with it you keep working with it and at some point you've got like a sculpture or some type of beautiful ceramic or even a not so beautiful ceramic but you got something yes yes that was not there before right it's been transmuted alchemized whatever word feels good to you like transformed there's so many ways to express that process and so for me it almost feels like interconnected there too almost like a cycle loop yes as opposed to a graph going up and down yeah and and i just wanted to invite that into this conversation because a lot of times like we do avoid i know i've been guilty of this i love to avoid the the sticky stuff i love to <laughs> like let me live in joy yeah. only and yet so much of what's brought me joy is being the willingness to examine the other things and creative expression is neutral it loves us regardless yeah so creative expression is like oh did you want to do a dance where actually you hit a pillow for 30 minutes to a really (laughs) super intense song for you so like for me that might be a heavy metal song or something like that where i'm just like like rage Mm. that was a beautiful creative expression and it's necessary and it helps it's it's helpful, yeah, right, to, totally. to transform that energy. And then there's also moments where, like, I posted artwork recently on Instagram, and it was an artwork where I remember the feeling state that I was in. It said, Black women are love. Listen to Black women. And I, I love Black women. So I was just, like, in this... I was thinking about my friends. I was just, like, painting. And it felt like joy and love and appreciation as I was, like, putting my little watercolors to the paper. Mm. It had a lot of responses. Not even, like, attention. or It had attention, too. I got a lot of responses to that artwork, like, in the DMs, you mm. know? And I was like, that's energy. That is what we mean by creative energy. Uh, and how it multiplies. So much. Mm-hmm. People feel it. People feel it. I'm like, oh, they felt my love for my friends, for my people, for myself. That's so beautiful. Oh my gosh, there are so many things you said there. Um, But I do think one thing that I truly believe is that when you do something that's in your highest good, it's in the highest good of everyone else as well, even Mm. if they don't know it. (laughs) Right. And I think when you have, when it comes to creative expression, you can really see that because when you are true to yourself, like creatively speaking, and you're able to put something out there in the world, whether it's a painting or it's, you know, just an idea or yep. it's, you know, whatever it is, right? It's a book that you write or whatever it is that you put it's out It's a the relationship, yeah, you know, yeah. to circle back to what your calling is. It's, it could even be a relationship. Like what happens if you approach a relationship with loving, creative energy? Totally, Oof. totally. Yeah, and it's amazing, but you put that out there and, and there's always a response. And if you put that out there mm-hmm. in your highest good, it's gonna like resonate with people in that highest part of themselves as well, you know? So I think that's really powerful. But then the other thing you said I think is really important is really 
not avoiding uncomfortable emotions. Like I'm trying to move away from calling them negative emotions and just really stick with the word uncomfortable because all of our emotions are valid and they all exist for a reason. So there is no such thing as being all, you know, like you said, like you can't just be all light and joy all the time because then you're avoiding and you're actually holding yourself back because whether you acknowledge it or not, those emotions are happening, right? Denial does not help serve you (laughs) in like, you know, living out your purpose. But I guess, you know, one last thing I want to ask you, and this is kind of a big question, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll do my best is, okay, so obviously love and, you know, we've touched on love, but how do you see the interplay? And you you just started to talk about that. It's like, what happens if you bring that creative energy to your relationships? But how do you think of love and creativity? How do they coexist? Are they the same thing? Like what, Mm. how do you, how do you view them? That's a great question. Or how do you view love through your lens of really looking at the world with this magical realism and this creativity? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do choose every single moment of every single day to trust that the world that I live in has love at its core. I do believe that. And I choose to believe that. And everything else is just a result of different types of experiences, as you said, uncomfortable or comfortable, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So, and the relationship, so that's that's my personal life philosophy. Like, I do believe that underneath all the hurt and pain and traumas, there's just a child that's wanting to be loved. And whether that child is this planet Earth you know, or an individual that I happen to know or someone or a stranger that I don't know or an animal or a plant. Like, I do believe that there's love at the core and a desire to be loved Mm. at the core as well. And that for me reinforces that interconnection that I reach for in my whole life. Yes. And in terms of that combination of love and creativity, because I want to say something about that. I'm not quite sure what I'm about to say, but I just feel like I don't, I don't know if they're the same thing. I do The thing I can say that I have experienced is I do believe that creativity and creative energy and like the energy of creation, right, is a loving energy. And so like whether, and that's why I said like, it's so loving, it's neutral, which is like one of the most beautiful types of love there is like a love that has room for the person to be themselves, right? And so like I said, you know, creativity will meet us at our worst and at our best if we're going to use that binary or, or at our most uncomfortable and our most comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> to use more of your terms. And and then when we apply that to relationship and relating with one another, whether in business, in love, in life, in family, in friendship, any type of relationship that we have, oof, like there's endless, infinite possibilities for that love to be experienced when we see the other person or the other being on the other like that's in front of us or on the other side of a screen or in this case on the other side of a headphone or sound box that we see them as capable creative beings Hmm. that they have their own way their own unique way of expressing themselves and that we can trust that that is quote-unquote a right way right like it is their way it is right because it is theirs Hmm. well and i think that is love to honor other people that in that way you know that's so beautiful. My goodness. Nadia, thank you. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just sitting here like, oh my gosh, this is this conversation is giving me so much to think about. It's really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I love talking about this. <laughs> I know. Me too. I, let's, let's see. This, is, this brings me joy because I'm fully in a state of wonder right now. Just, you know, oh my God. Yeah, the curiosity. It's all so connected. It's all so connected. Gosh, we make life a lot harder than I think it actually needs to be. But another thing I I was thinking as you were talking, and I know that this is an aha I just had in in this conversation, even though I say uncomfortable emotions versus, you know, uncomfortable emotions, any emotion can be comfortable at a particular time. And any emotion could be uncomfortable at a particular time. Yes, including those high frequency ones sometimes. And even right now, I think at this moment in time, I was actually just having this conversation with someone else the other day, how, you know, my boyfriend and I talk about this, you know, since quarantine, because we are doing good. We're fine, you know, and we still have a lot of laughter. And with everything that's going on in the world and joy is still something that I experience every day, you know, and, and I know that there are so many people who are suffering so much right now that it can feel a little, I can feel a little guilty, like, 
I could feel a little bit of like, oh, I shouldn't be this happy. Like, I shouldn't be having fun yeah. right now because there's so many people who, you know, their lives are just in a place of such such turmoil and uncertainty and challenge. And, you know, that's an example of a you know, high frequency emotion like joy being uncomfortable. I have thoughts. May I share Please. <laughs> I respectfully disagree. Mm. <laughs> Oh my God, this is great. Girl, tell me. <laughs> so for me, I it's so interesting because like for the last year, no, almost two years, I've been, I suppose, call it studying liberation with a mentor friend and guide named Andrea Renee Johnson. And what you just described to me with the skills that I learned from her it translates to me as judgment. So yes, mm. on its own, there was joy. But once you introduce the, the looking at yourself and looking at the rest of the world, that certain people or certain groups of people are suffering. And then there was a moment of judgment from yourself towards yourself. And then there was guilt, right? That guilt. And like, oh, I'm judging myself for being joyous right now. And yet I'm not saying I've just learned to observe. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm immune, you know, yeah. like I, I'm working with this as well. It's just, and it's fascinating when you start noticing these things and realizing like, well, actually is that, or was there a moment of judgment? And I would not put that as a high vibration judgment yeah. is not free. It's not liberation. No, it definitely isn't. No, no, it definitely is. I agree. So I think that we actually agree because I totally agree with you. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is that the emotion is uncomfortable because joy is never uncomfortable to experience on its own. Mm. But mm. the experience of being joyful in a time of challenge is for, you know, for so many people, like it's in my moments of joy, absolutely. I'm joyful. But when I'm kind of take a step back and I, and I'm interacting with other people and, you know, just seeing everything else that's going on in the world, it's like, ooh, like, <laughs> I mean, there's a little part of me that, that can feel that discomfort and that guilt. I mean, the larger part of me actually just thinks it's my job to spread as much joy as I can or to help other people access their joy as much as they possibly can. So I don't think shrinking joy ever helps mm. <laughs> at all. You want to expand it, you know? Absolutely. And that's where the imagination can come into play. And my invitation would be, is there a moment where you could suspend that judgment and invite in the imagination and say, how, like, in what ways would I be able to spread this joy right now that I'm feeling so strongly in me? Is it by going over to my boyfriend and just holding him? Mm. Is it by uh, texting a friend and being like, I'm thinking about you. I'm feeling a lot of joy and I'm sending it your way. Is it doing something else altogether? Is it going out for a walk? and just like smiling or smizing with our masks on that, you know, like every single person that you walk by, regardless of whether or not they reciprocate, like there are so many ways to take that energy. And as you said, like, okay, what would happen if instead of placing judgment, we had imagination, creativity in there? It's judgment free, right? The creativity, that energy doesn't, it doesn't quite care what you're feeling. It's like, it's just there to be used. Yes. Ah. It's just there to be used. <laughs> it's just there waiting, ready and waiting. I yeah. call them a lot like idea seeds or idea fairies that are like almost like floating around. And every working creative, like someone who has a creative profession, like a quote unquote creative profession or someone that works with creative energy on the regular and has fostered that connection. They'll talk about this. Like there's ideas that can just sort of float on by and then they might loop around, but they might land on someone else's mind or heart. And it's, yes. it's interesting how that works. It's really, to me, it's very magical, right? Totally. Just to it back around. Did you read Big Magic? Oh, yes. I, I listened to the audio book. Perfect. But it's been years. I really liked it, though. I do remember enjoying it a lot. Yeah, it's really good. And I recommend that to anybody who's listening. And I think that's a that's a really... It's written by Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote E Pray, Love. For those of you who are listening, and it's a book that will help you to understand how creative you really are. Everyone has so much creativity. Uh, it's awesome. In the truest sense of the word. Yeah. <laughs> I am filled with awe whenever I start seeing someone's creativity come out. And... The path to that is to really, I believe, be willing to accept yourself as you are. 
Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Nadia, how I'm going to link to your, you know, to your um, website and to your social media in the show notes, but please tell my listeners how they can contact you, get in touch with you, just keep, you know, and if there's anything that you want to bring their attention to that you're working on. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so my favorite place to play is definitely Instagram and I'm Nadia Payan on Instagram, N-A-D-I-A. P-A-Y-A-N. So you can find me there. Feel free to reach out to me, DM me, whatever. And then I have a website. It is NadiaPayan.com. In general, things that I'm working on, keep an eye out for a program called Practice Creative Devotion. And it's a way that I'm feeling called to share. Just, it's literally what it sounds like. It's, it's a container for us to practice devotion to creative expression and to really just like play with it, understand it with ourselves, experiment and see what we like, what we don't like. And then that way you can go about your life and start incorporating it into your life, into your daily life, right? So you can have that creative energy as part of who you are. Wow. Amazing. That's so powerful. I'll I'll be on the lookout for that. And I'll definitely reshare that information when it's live. So, oh my goodness. I, I mean, honestly, I could sit here and talk to you for Literally hours more. (laughs) We've done it. We have done it. But I promise you, I was like, see, we're going to do this. We're going to do this in no more than an hour. And we did it. And this was so Yay. juicy and chock full. So I thank you so much for sharing your heart and your vision and your wisdom and your creativity with me and with everyone who's listening to this right now. Nadia, you are a superstar. I love you. I love you too. Thank you. Okay, there you have it. My conversation with Nadia. So... At the beginning of this episode, I asked you, I challenged you to see if your view of your own creativity has changed as a result of this conversation. So has it? I'm really, really dying to know. So please, please stay in touch with me. DM me. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. That works too. At Dear Franny. Let me know. Did your view of your own creativity change as a result of this episode? And if so, how? Please share that with me. I would love to hear from you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check the show notes for links to Nadia's Instagram and to her website. She's Nadia Payan, N-A-D-I-A-P-A-Y-A-N. So she's easy to find, um, but I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And I am at Dear Franny, as you know, and at Dear Franny Podcast also on Instagram and Facebook. So you can also hit me up on that platform as well. And uh, I just thank you. Thank you for those of you who have taken the time to rate and review the show those of you taking the time to just rate the show i appreciate that as well um and those of you who subscribe and you listen and you keep coming back i really appreciate you this i'm going to be going from a weekly format to a bi-weekly one so the next episode will be coming in a couple weeks and you know but there's lots of other episodes oh one quick thing i want to mention before i sign off i have another episode about creativity though it's a very different conversation but also one that left me feeling really inspired and excited so if you're fired up about creativity right now go ahead and listen to the very first episode of dear franny podcast where i interview tunde on who is the lead singer of the band tv on the radio and if you're not familiar with tv on the radio you're welcome that i've now brought them to your attention because they're amazing one of my all-time favorite artists and i was so excited that tunde agreed to be on the podcast and i'm super fangirling out in that interview so you know just gotta forgive me there (laughs) and this is you know I've done 60 interviews since then I'm getting better guys but it's such an amazing conversation and he has so much wisdom to share about creativity and about life and I mean I love it so check that out too and I will also link to that episode of Dear Franny the first very first episode in the show notes because this is episode 60 can you believe it wow talk about time bending and being a construct really really fast okay Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Stay safe. Until next time. Goodbye.